It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it starts now. Welcome into ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra. We want to say thank you for making ATL Day Ones your first listen of the day. And remember, we're free and available wherever you download your podcast. And wherever you download your podcast, make sure you leave us a five-star review. I love the comments from one of our uh, our fellow viewers and listeners. He said, you know what, Jarvis, I'm going to leave y'all a five-star review because I don't want no smoke. Yeah, yeah, man. It's a Friday. So, yeah, if you don't leave a five-star review today, it's Friday. I might just, you know, have something for you. If you don't if you don't get down like I feel like you need to because, hey, you know, you want to spread the word about what we got going on. You know, a lot of people have already been rocking with us. We're over 3,000 subscribers right now. I'm sorry, 30, over 3,100 subscribers. Excuse me. I don't want to short us. I shortchange our 100 subscri- subscribers right there. But So we appreciate you all for doing that. So keep liking. Keep subscribing. We see you. We, uh, we understand it, and we appreciate you very, very, very much. Now, T, there is a player that uh, his days might be numbered in the city of Atlanta, playing professional sports in this city. Um, we're going to talk about that, and we're going to talk about whether or not the Braves can really win this division. And last but not least, and for the culture, T, I think I would be very upset if I lost an item or that was worth $70,000. We'll talk about all that. But first, the break, I mean, Marcel Ozuna T was arrested for DUI and failure um, for a DUI early, early, early this morning. And I think this is the second, not, I think this is the second consecutive year where he's been arrested. And I think that this season for Mr. Ozuna, it might end the same way it did last year as far as him not seeing him anymore for the rest of this season. Yeah, you're looking at a timeline that does not look favorable for Marcelo Zuni. You go back right. about 15 months and, you know, that's when everything kind of kicked up with the domestic violence uh, charges against him, uh, allegedly for striking his wife. And right. then about four months after that, he goes into this diversion program, which basically is like a treatment program, kind of anger management, uh, that situation. And he comes out with what I would say seems like a heartfelt apology to right. Braves country. And we all said, OK, fine, we can try to move on, except uh, and I'm just going to be real with it. Yeah. It's difficult. He's, he seems like a likable person. But ozone, as time went on, the productivity just kept going down, going down, going down. And here's the thing. We all know that winning is a panacea. It cures everything. Winning and being successful normally cures everything. However, there are some things you're going to do in this life that if you are not winning, but especially if you're losing, then you absolutely cannot recover from that. So like you said, we fast forward to the last, I'd say five days, right? Because you're looking at the first game in the Mets series, no Ozuna, Mm -hmm. the second game, the third game. He's been so ghost this entire season, only batting 214 in 107 games. Honestly, Jarvis, I forgot about him not being in the game last night until I heard about him this morning with this DUI charge. And that's when I thought, oh, is Ozuna even in the lineup? Well, no, because sometime between midnight and 
4.29 a.m., you were up in Gwinnett somewhere. You, now you live in Sandy Springs, I'm just saying. And Truist Park is in Cobb County. So what are you doing at 4.29 in the morning in Gwinnett? We shall see as more details unfold. But ultimately speaking, this seems like, yes, it's the end of an era for Marcel Ozuna. The Braves gave him a second chance. I applaud them for that because a lot of organizations don't give players second chances. But I think if this turns out to be accurate, and I mean, if you've seen the mugshot and you've seen the police report already, it looks pretty damning, then I would say it's the end of the era, whether or not, I don't think it's necessarily like the NFL or NBA where there's a, you know, professional conduct clause, but there is the ability to DFA him and they might just, I can see the Braves doing that. They have released a statement that basically says they're not speaking on it at this time, but I think that will just allow them the opportunity to kind of gather their thoughts and determine what they're going to do with him. And, and to be honest with you, though, but I think if they're going to DFA him now, they are owed a little bit over $30 million. So that is a something that uh, Alex Anthopoulos is definitely going to have to consider whether yeah. or not they want to do that, you know, and right. go ahead and cut the check. But I think that they are in a space, given what the president, you know, or given what has already transpired, right? Like they've mm -hmm. already gave him some grace by – Yes. Having them come back and you know mm -hmm. and trying to figure things out and you know saying hey I'm a changed man and all of that but now given what what we with William Contreras Wild Bill being able to be a, a, a more than a, a, a worthy a DH who had actually made the All Star team has the, at that but that particular position so right. you know he's been better you know you got a guy like Von Grissom who can step in once Ozzy Albies comes back you have mm -hmm. that you know in the, you have that one in the chamber so it's just so many options that the yeah. Braves have you know and and there's really no reason outside of financial to keep him on this roster at this point. Right. And I think that that's something that I think the decision is probably going to be made pretty soon here. Yeah. And I spoke to, you know, I reached out to our Braves insider. Of course, he does the postcast for us, uh, Grant McCauley. And I just asked him a question. And again, this is just Grant's opinion. So I want to lead off with that. But Grant is a very, very knowledgeable person in how these things might play out. And I just asked him the question. I was like, and considering the salary, and that kind of went out with that, like all things considered, is DFA a possibility? Is that an option? And I do think that when you look at the roster and the fact that Eddie Rosario is in left field, you can put Robbie Grossman in left field. And like you said, you can put Contreras or even worst case scenario on a bad day, you can put Michael Harris II out in left field and be quite fine. And Lord knows that's where Azuna was the most even with the 214 average at the plate, the, he was the most alive. He was terrible in outfield. Terrible. Yeah. He, Exactly. Terrible. So I, I think that it may be a situation where, yes, $30 million is a lot to have to carry, but it might be one of those situations where you just cut your loss and you just keep pushing. No doubt about it. I, I think that's I think that's ultimately what's going to be the the answer um, yeah. to this question, whether or not he's done in this for the Atlanta Braves. And I, I think that's how it definitely ultimately it ends mm -hmm. now. Speaking of, you know, Atlanta, uh, professional sports, the Atlanta Falcons have a tight end that they drafted last year. He only scored one, like, one touchdown. So I think that was something that was kind of – it's been on Kyle Pitts' mind, and he yeah. said it as such. You know, he, he said he said every morning that's something I think, I'm thinking about. Like, mm -hmm. we can't have that again. That's a steady thing in the back of my mind. So mm -hmm. when I hear that, T, I, I feel like there's that's something that – he worked on in in this offseason and not necessarily from a pass catching standpoint, right. but I think that there is a 
a, a piece that I feel like he's added to his repertoire. Mm-hmm. And this is a piece that of his game that he said that he wanted to put on display. I rem- mm-hmm. ne- I'll never forget it. I asked him going into the Philadelphia Eagles game last year. I was like, what do you want people to see? Mm-hmm. And the first words came out of his man's mouth was, I want to be able to show people that I can block. Yes. What? I was yeah. like, dude, you're supposed to be that, be that calm and be that res- that like that forward thinking because when you think about it, a lot of people have questioned whether or not this dude can actually be a real tight end, or mm-hmm. they just look at him and say, you know what, this dude is just a receiver. He just right. got tight end in front of his name. Mm-hmm. But I think that you know even Dean Pease has kind of noticed that as well that he's gotten a better in his blocking, and that and that's one thing that you got to understand when you're talking about what these guys making that jump from year one to year two. Mm-hmm. I think that if you're talking about a scenario where Kyle Pitts, best case scenario, Kyle Pitts gets uh, 50% better as, as a blocker than he was last year. Mm-hmm. You're talking about him being in on goal line plays yeah. and being hit with his hand in the dirt, being able to, you know, for defense to say, okay, Pitts is in the game. Right. But they're in the run formation. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. okay. Now you're thinking mm-hmm. like, okay, what are you going to do now? So that's the element right there. I, th- I believe that Dean Pease was talking about when he's talking about it's a pain for a guy to be able to show that he can block <laughs> like that. And I think that if Kyle Pitts, like I said, get about 50% better, I mm-hmm. think it's, I put some money that he'll have more than one touchdown in the red zone this year. Yeah, absolutely. And you think about the fact that he has, there are a couple things as well. So going back to your first comments, which were about Mm -hmm. the touchdown ratio one last season, I think that's the first place to start because ultimately, like you said, that's not something where Kyle Pitts has to get better. That's something to where the Falcons just had to put put better personnel around him, point blank. There had to be more weapons on the field so that he's not the obvious first option. And this year, although he is the first target there are targets behind him in the way of drake london assuming you know that he'll be back and ready to go healthy for the regular season and uh, also you have brian edwards the same you're hoping that he'll be out there and healthy for the regular season and you have some quarterbacks that may be able to buy some time for him to get open and get some space between him and the defender for him to be able to then take it to the house so i just kind of wanted to touch on that because i think we're going to see more productivity just by the fact that he has better personnel around him. Then part two, you were talking about the blocking piece. Well, let's go back to Florida. They didn't ask him to block. So no. That's a <laughs> nope. <laughs> actually then why would you develop that? However, you get to the league and you understand that it's something different because, like you said, if there is an opportunity for a run play and this can get additional yards, move the chains or what have you, then you've got to be able to do that. And I do think as well when you have – trusted veterans like Anthony Ferks are behind you to kind of tell you the importance of though adding those pieces to your game. I do I do think that that helps as well. And uh, yeah, I definitely appreciate what he's done. And one more thing, when you're looking across at wide receiver one slash target number two, and he's out there blocking, you might want to do the same thing. No doubt about it. you don't want to you don't want Kyle Pitts to outdo you in that particular category right. <laughs> that's for yeah. sure because yeah. we all know why he's here he's here because he can catch touchdowns he can run great routes and he is a mismatch as soon as he steps right. on the field but so when you add that blocking piece mm-hmm. I think Arthur Smith is going to be that's going to open up the offense so much people are going to be like dang I ain't know he was this great of a play caller yeah it's only so much stuff you can call when you're limited to you know the talent the surrounding talent and you have a guy who hasn't necessarily you know um flourished in a certain area that you need him to 
So um, I think the Falcons will will be okay in that piece. Now one 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 quick one quick piece. Now Marlon Davidson um, has been reports that he had had to get his knee scoped and he will be out for the rest of the preseason. T we talked about Marcelo Zuna being done in the city of Atlanta, obviously for different reasons. Are we talking about Marlon Davidson being done in for the Falcons? Is he not going to be able to play this year? Yeah, and I'm going to make this quick. Yes, we're done. Because at the end of the day, you're talking about somebody who's never really shown up the way we'd hoped he would when he was drafted out of Auburn, drafted in the second round. However, you're seeing Taquan Graham slowly but surely pick it up. Seems like the Falcons are pleased with what he's doing. Seems like they're actually pleased low-key with what Timothy Horn has been able to do as well. And then you're starting to have, I know that there were some, you know, unfortunate situations earlier um, in the training camp where you know one player retires, one player goes down for the season, so on and so forth. But you're seeing D tackles, you're seeing that line, people are stepping up. And so I don't know if his body is going to allow him to ever be that guy. But if you want to over under on whether or not we ever see Marlon Davidson hit the field, especially as a starter for the Falcons, or if you want to over-under on whether or not Kyle Pitts is going to get more than one touchdown going and over that, then you want to go to betonline.net because that's your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. And you know what? Even if you're one of those people who's kind of petty-petty, maybe you go and see if they have information on the over-under or Marcelo Zuna ever playing for the Atlanta Braves again. That's the kind of information when there are sports developments for teams and there are league reviews and news that you want to figure out how to use for your betting, go to betonline.net. And it's not just about the NFL, Major League Baseball, or the NBA. It's about niche sports too. So MMA, boxing, and golf, all of it. They've got your information. So as we always say, your first stop should always be ATL Day 1s, but make sure your second stop after the show is betonline.net because that is where the game starts. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast indeed.com slash podcast terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed and i feel like jarvis where the game has started for the braves is this series with the mets at truest part i believe that they really showed up to say you know what if anybody in the nl east is going to be the first to win a series against the mets this season oh it's gonna be us and so they shook off that nine to seven loss, which again, they were in that game right down to the final out. They competed, yes. And they came right back and they made a wonderful statement. And it's interesting because it was kind of this situation of, I feel like there were two key factors. One was the pitching duel. Man, it, it, it was beautiful wow. to see Max Fried and Jacob. Amazing, go back and amazing. Forth. But then it was the speed and the versatility that you saw from as we always call them, the young core, the young bucks. And Michael Harris II steps up to that plate after, of course, you know, Austin Riley had gotten a run, Dansby Swanson had gotten it. But to see what MH2 and Vaughn Grissom were able to do in that seventh inning, MH2 hits that hard double, Grissom is at first base, and like you always say, Uncle Ronnie is waving him around, he's winding it up, winding it up, and Grissom's going for it, and there you have it. That's your game-winning run. So I'm telling you, it just seems like the confidence is there. And, you know, I got to ask, do you think 
that what we're seeing is really the kind of confidence that you hope will take these Braves into a, another division title, a playoff run. You, we said it earlier. It's about momentum. Alex Anthopoulos said it this week recently. They got their swag back. Do they have it? Yes, I think so. Uh, and, I've, and the one, the main reason why, or the driving factor, because the reason why I think that is because of Brian Snicker. Yeah. Here's why. Because take it back to that moment, right, when Von Grissom got that hit and uh, Michael Harris was coming to the plate and they took um, Jacob DeGrom out. And Buck Showalter uh, took Jacob DeGrom out. And I'm just like, okay, that's interesting because Michael Harris – he was over at a time, I think, coming to the play. He hadn't had, gotten hit all night. So you bring in the relief. I think you bring in Lugo, I believe it was. And and he ends up getting the hit. And I'm thinking, yeah. like, man, like, that was huge. I think that was huge. And then for Snicker to come back and, you know, and make the, the make the necessary change, A.J. Minter, you know, he got two – he pitched two-thirds of the inning. And he brought in uh, Rasiel Iglesias to go yeah. ahead and finish that bad boy. I was like, man, that's amazing use of your bullpen. I think mm – -hmm. I think for him to be able to make those necessary decisions in those moments, in those big key moments, I think mm -hmm. that I trust Brian Snicker in those moments. And I think that that's, it was a beautiful thing to watch because I was mm -hmm. like, okay, Buckshaw Watson takes your, you take your ace, you take your, your big boy out. They got right. two aces. I, I'm not going to differentiate between two. Right. Scherzer and yeah. DeGrom, both of them the aces. Like, I ain't even doing 1A. I'm not going to disrespect him like that because those guys are, are, are masterful when they're on the mound. So, for Buckshaw Watcher to pull, pull him out there like that, and I was like, and for the Brian Sticker to come immediately come right behind that and make the necessary decision, Right, and, and say, "Hey, this is the decision I'm making. We're gonna mm -hmm. we try to get out of this inning, and we're gonna try to win this doggone game." Mm -hmm. I think that that's why I believe wholeheartedly that the Braves are they are on their way to winning this division. I'm gonna go ahead and say that I believe that wholeheartedly they can get this bad boy done. Yeah, I think so too, and that's a great point you make. Just pointing to what uh, Brian Snicker was able to do in his decision making, because you look at the day before, right, in the nine seven loss, and there were some people who were kind of questioning his decision because of Stevens and they were within one run and all of a sudden he gives up three runs in that game. So right. the question was, well, why didn't you bring out Kenley Jansen? And he kind of intimated, Brian Snicker did, that, hey, he's kind of looking at how to preserve that bullpen and really his overall pitching staff yep. in the run, the stretch run down to the postseason, right? right? However, like you said, he was also looking at this game four and saying, hey, if I have still to need some, I need to keep some in the chamber. <laughs> yeah, I'm disappointed about that 9-7 loss, but I still think that Max Fried is going to give me what he needs to give me, which was seven solid innings. And then all I need to do is, like you said, plug in an AJ, plug in an Iglesias, and Kenley Jansen, bring it home for me, and we're good here. So, yeah, I think they definitely – the, the decision-making on his part was definitely impressive. And then you think to yourself this. Now, any of us who have a situation that's high intensity and high risk, high reward, once you get through it and you win, you're on the other side, it's like, whoo, you know, you kind of say to yourself, whoo, what am I going to do now for the next thing? And then the next thing is tomorrow night, which for them is tonight, where they got to take on the Astros. It's a yes. rematch from the World Series last year. And you might say to yourself, okay, did they expend the emotional and physical energy that they needed to get within three and a half games of the Mets that may cost them for this Astro series? Or do you think that they will have that energy, that momentum that we just talked about that will allow them to just keep pressing on and be the team 
who's won nine of the last 10 games. I think they'll be able to push through it because if you look at the heroes from last night, mm-hmm. rookies, Vaughn Grissom, Michael Harris the second. Like we're not even talking about, oh yeah, Ronald Acuna hit a three-run bomb to, you know, to win the game. No, we're not even talking about that. We're talking about rookies, which you don't you're getting production and getting clutchness, mm-hmm. you know, based off from guys who really don't even know like what to expect right, right now. So you yeah. think that you you will continue to get though that veteran leadership because you talk about Austin Riley and Dansby Swanson mm-hmm. getting hits on with two outs and two strikes right. on them. And I'm just like, these dudes have just been so clutch throughout mm-hmm. this um to be able to win three out of four against the Mets. So I think that this is nothing but momentum, 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 and mo 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 minimum. Yeah, I can't say that again. Don't ask yeah. me to say that again. That might be a little you, but what I do want you to speak on, as you speak on almost every day, is what Coffee AM does for you, especially when you look out on this dreary day and how it might get you going. Yeah, when you think about Coffee AM, guys, I'm telling you, each and every day, I I talk about it to uh, to I'm blue in the face. T knows, mm-hmm. understands. I guess at four o'clock in the morning, every morning, because I got to get my work out on. And you know what? When I need a pick me up, because some days I'm, I'm struggling. Some days I'm just like, oh my god, man, what is going on? I still got about seven to eight more hours to go in the day. I need a pick me up. So guess what mm-hmm. I do? I go right upstairs. I go into my little stash of coffee a.m. and I grab that, you know, uh, that 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 uh, that crunch. You know, it's it's, a, it's a, that black that black silk. Uh, coffee, you know, I love those bad boys. Sometimes I might get me a K cup, you know, some of the Kenya double A coffee. I mm. absolutely love it. It's one of my absolute favorites. I actually have to run, I've run out of K cups because I've used every last one of them. So here's what, you know, I think that, you know, it's what Coffee AM is doing really well. They got a very special deal just for you. All you got to do is type into your little key, find your little keyboard, right? However you surf the internet, go to, go to that, start typing in. Coffeeam.com backslash locked on. I can go to the www because you know we old, you know we ain't, we ain't on that phase. We we moved past that. Coffeeam.com backslash locked on, and I want you to drop in that coupon code box, locked on. Whew. It's gonna be hard to remember that one, I guess. <laughs> drop in the coupon code box, locked on. You're gonna get fifteen percent off all coffees, teas, and gift sets on your first purchase. So make sure you do that. Go to coffeeam.com backslash locked on. Drop in the code locked on, you're gonna get 15% off. Go ahead and pull up on the best small batch coffee roaster in America. So T, I think that you know, we're talking about you know pulling up on on, on coffee AM, the best small batch coffee uh, roaster in the country. Uh, I think that you know we're gonna take a little trip outside of the country because I think this was something that was very interesting, right? You know, uh my main man. I got my, got my, get my name out. I can make sure I get his name right. Because he he is a guy, Robert Lewandowski. Yes. Um, played for Boston. You know, he was right outside his Boston. They were at practice. Mm-hmm. You know, he was kind of doing his whole doing the thing, you know, taking some pictures with the crowd and kind of, you know, chilling and doing his thing, right? So some apparently somebody ran up on him and took his watch. The only thing about the watch, you know, I know you probably saying to yourself, watch. Oh, ain't no big deal. But uh this one was Seventy thousand dollars, seventy-one thousand dollars. Excuse me, and I definitely don't want to short my man. Seventy-one thousand dollars watch worth. The watch was worth. The man, somebody took, ran up on him, took it, and thankfully they were able to catch him. But T, I don't know what would I 
do in that particular situation because yeah. when you think about 70 grand and somebody just running up on you like that ah mm -hmm. uh, man mr lewandowski is a, a lot bit better than me because if i would have been able to get my hands on him uh, yeah it, it would have been some smoke <laughs> yeah that's interesting because i was i was thinking about it and i'm like well how did this happen? And then my mind actually went to one of the most recent Falcons practices. We were at open practice uh, last Saturday. And I'm thinking, you know, we see the players, they go and they interact with some of the fans. But granted, probably don't have on their best watch per se. But a lot of right. them do yeah. put some jewelry. But I'm like, who would be bold enough? Especially I'm thinking about my first thought because he's so engaged with the fans is CP. Like, right. who's going to pull up on Cordero Patterson like, and tr attempt to take anything off his person. So whoever did that to Robert Lewandowski, first of all, you are bold. You are really, really bold. But on the same token, I guess for me, I'm not about to be out there amongst the fans, amongst people I don't know with my $70,000 watch on. Like, that's just not what I'm about to do now. If he's in, like, you know, when we had the access, and I think we'll get it back this year, but when we had access to the locker room post-game, that's different because it's right. just yeah as reporters who are in there with you and their PR people and probably some plain clothes security. Let's just be honest. But ultimately speaking, that's the thing that for me, I was like, you, that's just not smart. You're just not wise with that decision making. And especially since they've had issues with security before. Yes. So that that's the thing. Like, that's why you, you that's really why make like, you want to ask them like, bro, don't you understand? Like, you haven't heard? Like, you think you're untouchable? Like, no, nah, that's not a, a good mindset to have yeah. when you're talking about somebody who makes a buku amounts of money. Um, so I, I think that I'm, I'm pretty sure he's learned his lesson. Like, when you're at training grounds and at practice, mm -hmm. keep your stuff in your whip. <laughs> but until because... They said they have, they are, Barker is trying to improve the security. So hopefully they'll get to a situation where they understand like, hey, we have to invest in, you know, making sure our players are safe. And our players also have to say, you know what? have to wear my $70,000 watch to practice today. <laughs> no, you can just leave it in the safe. I'm assuming because, you know, with Falcons and Hawks, they both have those um, safes. And I think actually Braves do as well in the right. locker room where you can put your stuff and you can grab it after a game or after practice. You might want to do that next time. Good luck. Yeah, because you don't want to put yourself in a situation where you might have to, you know, <laughs> take somebody out. You don't want right. to do that. Yeah, you don't want to be in that particular situation. Speaking yeah. of you know, just thinking about what's going on, you know, today is this very special day, T. Um, we talked about, you know, how, you know, the prices of wings yesterday had gone down, but today mm -hmm. is National Potato Day. I don't know about you, T, but <clears throat> I like to enjoy myself a good old baked potato oh, with some okay. cheese and some sour cream and, you know, some, uh, what's the, uh, What's the little um the little uh, green onions like uh, chopped up chive. and everything on yeah. like that? Yeah, like the chive. I'm sorry. There we go. There we go. Sour cream and chive. Yeah, come on, Jarvis. Um, I, I but but what what about you? Why? What do you? What type of? How you like your potato? I used to be French fries, but as I got yeah. older, I, I really get excited about a, a a loaded baked potato. Well, you know what? I'm still then a 12 year old because I'm still all about the <laughs> yeah. Fry right. the darn potatoes. You want to fry them in like the little. Hmm. Wanna make them French fries. You want to make them tater tots? You mm. want to make them hash browns? I don't really care. Just fry it as a potato mm. and I'm good to go. Now, <laughs> there's something that'll tell you guys that, yes, I grew up in the country, right? And so there's an Irish potato stew 
that my grandmother makes hmm. or used to make. Yeah. And I actually have that recipe in a recipe book she gave me, she made for me. And it's literally, you take the potato and you cut it into like thin slices and you use a brown gravy that you can either create a roux yourself or you can get just get some McCormick brown gravy, whatever the case may be. And then you take beef sausage and you stew that. And you mm. put that over a bed of rice. It's actually killer. Ooh. I know it sounds a little country, but it oh, is that sounds tempting. <laughs> it is a great thing to do with your potatoes. Or going back to my fried potatoes, you can also do it dry without the, the gravy mix, and you put it in a cast iron skillet. Same ingredients, but you're going to take it and you're going to make chunks instead of flat. Uh, pieces, and then you're going to take that same beef sausage and mix it in with onions, and boom, still put it over rice. A little bit country, but I bet you want to try it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I know. I'm already trying to figure out. Like, all right, let me see. Give me some potatoes, give me some onions, you know, some sausage. You know, right. I, think I got all that in my refrigerator now. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm down for that. So I think it's. It's something that, you know, definitely should honor potato day. Go out and get yourself some French fries. Go get your baked potato if you like me. Right. Um, I think I think it would definitely. Potatoes. Yeah. yeah. For those yeah. who like mashed potatoes, when you put a little remix on them and they call them, you know, smashed potatoes, I think those are really good too. Yeah, yeah. You got to work with all of what you got. That's for sure. I think that, but T, I think he's something that you wanted to kind of get out, get on or talk about before we got out of here today. Because okay. it is a Friday, so it's going to be a couple of days before we get back on. So go ahead and get, get what you need to say off your chest. And, you know, let me preface by saying this. <laughs> I am always excited when places like McDonald's recognize that there is a need for honoring and supporting students who are off to college, right? Because yeah, students yeah. are, as we speak, matriculating back to school. So I appreciate McDonald's effort. However, sometimes I wonder if corporate America continues to have a blind spot. And my answer would be, yes, you do. So recently McDonald's announced that in partnership with Roland Martin, they will be and it's the Thurgood Marshall Scholarship Fund. And mm -hmm. so they will be, yes, they will be literally awarding scholarships to, I don't know, about seven worthy students. And it's uh, for the 2022-23 school year. Yep, seven scholars. It'll be need-based, right? And you can get up to $15,000 in that scholarship. And, you know, we could have used that in back in the day, right? Yes. I could yeah. have had $15,000 less in loans. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Speak on it, Jarvis. Speak on it. Speak on it. And so in concept, in theory, I absolutely love it. Here's my problem with it. And also, they recognize that he is a member of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. He is a lifetime member. So again, kudos to Roland Martin for being a part of such an amazing program. But if this is for HBCU students, are you telling me that you could not find a member of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated who was an esteemed graduate of an HBCU, much like Thurgood Marshall himself, who went to Howard University for undergrad mm -hmm. as well as law and was, of course, our first and only real African-American male on the Supreme Court. So that being said, I do have a problem with that blind spot. And that is no offense to Rose Martin, but that is offensive to members of the D9, meaning all of the Greek letter organizations, the fraternities and the sororities who clearly could have been selected from one of these HBCUs, which, by the way, the majority of them were founded at an HBCU. So again, for your people who are in diversity, inclusion and equity for the McDonald's the new department, <laughs> that new department, I folks at McDonald's. I just want you to reset this and rethink this for the 2023, 
2024 academic year. Just saying. And you know why I get to say that? Because this is for the culture where we'll talk about sports. We'll talk about entertainment. But that right there was whatever the heck I wanted to talk about. So that being said, everybody, from an HBCU graduate, Xavier University of Louisiana, and a D9 member, Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated, have a great weekend. And when you guys come back, we'll give you more for the culture. But also, we so hope that we're able to talk about the Braves getting another series win. If there's more information on Ozuna, you know we are going to download on it. And yes. of course, we're going to get you guys ready for preseason game number two between the Falcons and the Jets for Monday Night Football. You guys have a great weekend. Y'all come back now, you hear? I'm going to take y'all out with a little uh, reporter who was just struggling his life out trying to ask a question. And then enjoy the laughter. I think that your best feature is, I mean, you're a big, black, a big back, uh, you're, you're a good run black, uh, back, um, basically. Y'all come back now, you hear? <laughs> Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.